0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Listen. And I want to give a shout out to the listeners in Israel and England and the Philippines and Canada and Mexico and the United States. I can't believe it. Um, It's so awesome what what we get to do with technology these days and yeah i'm 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 just really fucking grateful i really really am um and with that I am very grateful for the guest that I have today um you have seen her everywhere and she's been on brooklyn nine nine for the last four seasons, Stephanie Beatrice.
1: Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. How are you? I'm great. I'm just sitting here with your beautiful dog on my lap.
0: Yeah. Loving life. Tag along. Tag along. You're so sweet. She is. Um, so we obviously had a conversation before we had a conversation. Mm-hmm. I find that's the norm um, with my guests, which is which is incredible. Um Hmm. And yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to get right into it with you. Do Um, it. (laughs) Do it. Ask me all the things. So we were just talking about loss and we were talking about our dogs Mm -hmm. and I know that you just had your experience with your dog. Yes.
1: Banjo died in December. He, I decided that it was time to let him go and he died at home. We had someone come to the house, to, to my apartment, and it's been really hard. It's been like, it's been surprisingly hard because I, this is my first dog. We were talking about how both of our first dogs were our first dogs, and it was like getting a dog as sort of an adult, and this was my first dog. And I don't know, I've had people say things like, oh, that's so sad. I'm so sorry. Um, you'll, it'll be fine. You'll get over it. It's going to be, you're going to be okay. It's and like inevitably. Yes, that's true. Probably. <laughs> but I don't know. Sometimes it just feels like, Oh my God. Like sometimes I feel like, like I stubbed my toe with emotion. You know mm. what I mean? Like it just like something will happen and it's just like <gasps> overwhelming. Yeah. And so because of that, I'm trying, I think I'm, Subconsciously, unconsciously, now consciously trying to avoid those feelings and like hiding from them because it's so hard. It's so hard to feel that stuff. And, and it's almost embarrassing because it's like quote unquote just a dog, you know? <laughs> and I know you understand that that is a ridiculous phrase because of Henry and like, but I, I do feel almost embarrassed sometimes that I feel so much emotional connection and like sadness about my dog.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the the individuals that that say like, oh, well it's it's just a dog clearly have never had a dog. No. Um and are and for me, I'm like don't speak to which that you don't know. Yeah. Don't speak about things that you don't know about. Yeah. Um, and, and I really don't trust people that don't like animals. I don't <laughs> read. I don't trust people that don't like
1: animals. I agreed. I remember right when I got Banjo, I remember reading some, you know, in some online article or something. It was this op-ed piece about this girl. It was like, I hate when people take their dogs to restaurants. It's disgusting. I don't want to see your dumb dog when I'm eating my whatever. And I was like, oh, you're a monster. You're like clearly a monster. If you don't, if you're like not chill with me eating at, with my dog at a table, that's not your
0: table. Yes. Like it's, I'm, we're fine. Yeah. It's fine. Like yeah. you're a monster. Yeah. No. I, I, and, and this is what's interesting too, right? You know, I, because I do see individuals that have dogs, but they, they treat them like props, yeah, more than um, beings. Yeah, that, that they have a relationship with, right. which is something that I, I don't understand either. I feel like it's the same way that people will have children, correct? You know, it's exactly like that. In, in order to fill some hole, and what I mean by that is. It's it's all about them. There's there's a narcissism attached. Yeah. So it could be anything, and it wouldn't matter. Right. You know. Um. And what's interesting too, you know, talking about the grief and and talking about the loss and and the crying. You know, like I I told you earlier. You know, I it it was a, a year ago, March twenty sixth, that Henry passed, and I still get racked with like such incredible emotion. Yeah. You know, um and and I will still sob and and I will allow myself the gift of having that experience mm-hmm. because it's an honoring of the love. You that's know, a like, beautiful way to look at it. The grief is a reflection that is beautiful. of the love.
1: That is re- an honoring of the love. Because like when it happens to me, I feel almost embarrassed, like, especially when it happens in public, especially when it happens around other people, or like if someone just asks me, like, How are you doing? And Obanjo died and like I sort of get overwhelmed with it, it becomes like this very embarrassing experience. And I I truly wish it wasn't, or I wish I knew how to manage it in those instances too. Because like also I feel like I feel a responsibility for the other person's Mm. feelings you know and i don't want to make them uncomfortable and i don't want to make them you know i i don't know what that is i don't know heather's shaking her head no right now just fyi Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no Mm -mm. no
0: Mm -mm. because i i spent such a long time regulating Mm -hmm. myself and who i was for the comfort of others yep and there's this great line um where it's um betrayal of self in order to not betray another is the highest form of betrayal <gasps> because what I'm doing is <clears throat> and it's that it, it and it's really selfish that idea because i've I've done it too, yeah. Right? Where it's, I'm going to regulate how I feel in order to not make someone else feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So it looks like I'm doing a really good and noble thing. Right? Interesting. When, in actuality, it's, um, this is too intimate and vulnerable for me. Yeah. And I don't know how to set a clear boundary. mm mm-hmm. And on top of that, um... Like, like we were saying, and like you were saying that that's not how you feel. Bah, right. bah, bah. We're so conditioned to lie. Yeah. Where don't cry. Don't how cry. How are you? Yeah. I'm, I'm great. fine. How are I'm you? I'm fine. My
1: God. Always at work. And I dabble with at work. Like when people are like, how are you? How are, how was your weekend? I have dabbled in the past with being like, I it was really hard. I had a hard one this weekend and it's fascinating to see people's <laughs> responses it's like some people just don't want anything to do with it which is fine you know um but i think because of that feeling because of the it almost feels like like in those instances it can feel like a rejection mm. of like me being my honest self and someone rejecting that and going like i don't want that i'm not interested i don't i can't handle that
2: yes
1: and that is that is probably why I revert back to the other behavior, which is the, I'm fine, yeah, you know, because I sense that that rejection might come, and I don't want it, you know, because I don't want to feel that rejection, because I feel vulnerable, then I feel something
0: from that exchange, you know? Yes. Well, it, it goes back to that you're not being received. Yeah. Your feelings aren't being received. Right. So it's a preemptive strike of Uh, I don't want to take the risk that I might not be received. Right. So I am just going to keep it to myself. And that is different than I feel getting to be in one's intuition and intuitive self of, of, um, are you worthy Uh, Like, uh, is the other individual worthy of actually um, getting to hold space for you? Like, is the other individual actually worthy of um, getting to have that intimate moment? And Uh some people aren't, I feel. Where it's, well, they can't or they won't. And for me, I... There's that, that there's that saying in the Bible like don't cast pearls before swine. Uh-huh. You know, I I'm a pearl clutcher. Oh,
2: you
0: that's know, nice. I'm a pearl clutcher where it's um everyone is worthy of love and everyone is is worthy of being received, but not everyone is worthy of my love. Yeah. Nor is everyone worthy of receiving me. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice and also on top of that like if I'm having a bad day and somebody asks I am gonna be honest yeah but here's the difference I'm not asking them in a moment to fix it right I'm not asking them to comfort me I'm not asking them to hold me I'm not asking them to do anything Mm -hmm. I am stating my truth Mm -hmm. and with that um my truth is no longer regulated by the reaction or response of others. Mm, mm. I
1: mean, that's an interesting, that's interesting to bring that up because then it makes me go like, okay, well, what, what are you, are you looking for something, Stephanie? When, when someone asks you like, how was your weekend? And you want to respond. It was terrible. I had a really hard one. Yeah. Who are you responding to? And like, like, sometimes I sometimes I think I find it more available to me to open up and talk about st- stuff like this with people that I don't know that well mm-hmm. because I think sometimes in my in my more intimate or like my my closer friendships I think sometimes I'm afraid of being I don't know not I don't know if judge is the right word or what, but it's like, yeah, a burden. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. I don't want to give you all my stuff because I know you have stuff too. And I know it's going to make it heavier and I don't, I don't, I just don't want to do that to you. So again, it's not unlike the, the, I'm going to preemptively do this because I'm pretty sure this is how it's going to go. So I'm just going to maneuver things around so that you don't know anything's even wrong over here you know or like you know a little bit you know like you're checking in with me but you don't really know the depths of it because like i haven't allowed you to see it because i love you and i don't want you to be burdened by it versus like a stranger which is like or like someone that i know pretty well let's say at work like some, like let's say someone on the crew or something asked me how i am. Mm-hmm. And I had a shitty weekend or something. And I say, oh, God, I just felt like it was really hard. Like, this happened and this happened. I don't know. It's, like, easier to say that sometimes to, to people that that you almost, like, it's almost safer in a way. Because you know that that exchange is just going to take, like, that 15 or 20 minutes that you're with them. Kind of like how, like, if you ever get in a car with a a taxi driver or something. And you have this, like, incredible, like repartee and it's amazing and then you get out of your car at LAX and you never see them again and like the experience was like almost like a one night stand of emotions Mm. but it's harder to have that like I feel like it's harder for me to have that with people that I know more intimately if that makes any sense at all like I'm thinking I'm specifically thinking about a couple of my really good friends and like some sometimes it's really difficult to get into Difficult discussions about what I might be trying to figure out in my own life, like like grief, for example. Mm-hmm. It can be really hard to talk about that with people that I love or think of as, like, really close friends because, I don't know. I'm afraid of their reaction. I'm afraid they're not going to give me – and this goes back to, like, what am I looking – Am I looking for something from someone else? Am I looking for, like, from those friends? Am I looking for, like, this sort of perfect reaction from them? If they don't react perfectly, then is that going to make me more upset that my friends don't understand me or what, you know? There's a lot of thoughts I just had.
0: No, I I love it all, and it it makes me think of, like, a a few things. It makes me think of, well, A if that's if that's how you act with your closest friends yeah that they don't sound like very close friends (laughs) um they sound like friendships of emotional convenience and safety
2: Mm.
1: I mean some of them I will say some of them are I will say that and I've I think I've figured that out more in the last couple of months. And I also think that that's why I've been having a tricky slash hard time in the last few months. Because I do realize that some of my friendships are, what did you say? Um, Emotional with, convenience.
0: Yeah, emotionally convenient and yeah.
1: safe. Yeah. And to be honest, like the ones that I'm finding are more fulfilling lately are newer friendships. Mm-hmm. But they are more... I guess, yeah, like closer, I guess. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to say it. I mean, it's also difficult because, and I'm being very honest right now, it's also hard because in this podcast that I've been doing with my best friend, in the, Reality Bites. Yes, Reality Bites. Um, in the progress of doing that podcast, she and I have had a lot of life changes in the last- I don't know, eight months, not even a year. And over the course of it, it's been sort of difficult to sort of examine our friendship and look at how that project was really much harder for us than we thought it would be. And it drove us apart in a lot of ways because we didn't have the same focuses about it. Um, I didn't have the time for it and I think it made us both resentful of each other in different ways and as we were going along doing it it sort of felt like it wasn't reflective anymore of what our friendship used to be Mm -hmm. which was we could sit around and talk to each other for hours and it became much more like it became it became that we were doing that for the podcast, you know. Um, so inauthentic, totally inauthentic. It became so inauthentic, and in fact, you can hear it in one of the in in the pod that we did at South by, because I had a film that was at South by, and then we did a podcast there. And the night before, we got in a big fight over the phone, um, and you can hear it in the podcast. Like you can hear, I mean, I can hear it because. I think one of the things that I like the best in in acting, especially like looking at live work, is looking for authentic moments and witnessing witnessing them because that fe- makes me feel so intimately connected to human beings and seen. Yes, and so when I listen to that podcast, it, all it makes me feel like is like this is not this is not really who I am, and that is was really frustrating to me to listen back to it because what I wanted to do, what I really wanted to do was talk about our fight on the podcast. Like I badly wanted to be like, this is why we had a fight guys because X, Y, and Z. And I don't want to like spill all my shit on this because you know, but I badly wanted to do that. But I couldn't do it because of the constrictions of like, the podcast what we're supposed to be doing in the podcast and also like she's not totally forthcoming all the time with like her really personal private stuff so i didn't know if that you know it didn't feel like the right ah it just felt like very i'm doing i'm like making movements like i want to get out of a jacket like Mm -hmm. it feels very like constricting constricting yeah um and i don't know you know we may not continue doing the podcast because it has put such a wedge between us in this way. But I do feel like, I do feel like I adore Courtney very much, but I feel like in certain ways I'm, I don't, and I don't know what, I don't know what it's about, but I do feel like I can't be my full, self in that friendship with her sometimes. And I think it's because of, I think partially because of the podcast, but like probably some other stuff too that I can't even see yet. You know, I don't know. Hard, hard because friendships are not like regular relationships, you know, like not to say that I would like break up with Courtney, but I think that there's a there is something that's like you can't work on them in the same way, or at least i I haven't worked on them in the same way, okay, yeah, okay. I have never worked on a, on a friendship the way that I have a relationship I don't know have you
0: I have yeah um and this is this is my my experience with, with friendships, I've definitely had friends break up with me mm. and one of them happened within the last year. I've never had that happen. Tell me about it. Well, it
1: sounds <clears throat> like I don't even know how to, how does that happen? Does it, does she text you? Did I, he, t-
0: she, she sent me, she sent me a long text. Oh my. And, and it, it it, it came about because um she wasn't honest mm-hmm. and had said that she would do something for me and I take people at their word. Yeah. And then when I inquired about it two or three times and I hadn't heard from her, like, Hey what's up? What's going on? Ba 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 I got this long text back. And you know, Putting the onus on me in in regards to, well, every time, blah, 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 I drop everything for you. Mm. I, blah, 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 and you couldn't tell that I didn't feel comfortable saying yes to this thing, and blah, blah, blah. And I remember I um, brought it up with my ex, one of the many reasons she's now my ex, <laughs> And, um, she was like, you don't read emotional cues very well. Like, whoa, that's so insulting. The, the subtext, you don't read the emotional subtext. And <laughs> that's so insulting for an actor. especially. I know. I know. It's, it's very, very <laughs> insulting. Oh my God. But that's also because, you know, I read the emotional subtext of everyone all the time, which is why mm-hmm. I, I, I know that most people are full of shit uh-huh. and most people lie mm-hmm. and that's fine because <laughs> I don't care enough about you to inquire. Yeah. You know, I really have to care about you um to want to get in there mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. talk and discover and explore and get vulnerable in that way. Yeah. Um most people are not worthy of that. They most people are not worthy of my time in that way. Yeah. And so when she had said that, I had had a moment of well I I take people at their word that because that's how I am. You know, I'm a woman of my word. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Right. You know, um, I mean what I say and I say what I mean and I don't apologize for it and I take responsibility, you know, and, and I, I've never been able to understand when it comes to friendships, why there wouldn't be complete honesty and openness and authenticity, you know, I have. I can count my friends on one hand. Mm-hmm. Like individuals that I know that I can call. I mean, hell, I I slept on some of their couches. Mm-hmm. When I was going through my breakup. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <clears throat> and. And I can, I, I have some relationships where I won't talk to somebody for two years and then we talk and we pick up right where we left off. You know, and um, I I don't necessarily see my friends on like a quote unquote regular basis. Yeah. You know, because life is big and life is full and 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 it's thriving. And with that, if there are ever moments where I feel like there is something that has gone unsaid. Yeah. If I ever have a moment of feeling like I may have inadvertently stepped on their toes, Mm -hmm. I will ask and Mm -hmm. I will say, Hey, the energy feels a little strange. And, um, I wanted to see if we're okay. Yeah. And if there's anything that I've done to upset you or, um, if I've inadvertently stepped on your toes, um, um, please let me know so we can talk about it. Yeah. And 96% of the time they're going through something that I've picked up on. Yeah. Um, and, and didn't know how to word it and, and got scared and whatnot. And, and we're able to have a beautiful, beautiful discussion. And the other 4% of the time I have inadvertently done something that has upset them. Mm-hmm. And, and with that too, they were unsure of how to talk about it. I feel we, we talk ourselves out of feelings all the time, all the time, especially as women, All the time. we talk ourselves out of feeling. Um, and, and in addition to that, that idea of, well, I was listening to you talk about like your friends and not wanting to be a burden.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and whatnot it's the i get that because i still fucking do that like i really really still fucking do that because it comes down to if i ask for what i need truly Mm -hmm. and they say no and i'm not received and i'm rejected yeah that's gonna Fucking hurt. That's gonna suck. That's gonna really feel bad. Right. And it's it's gonna it's going to reaffirm the biggest fear slash lie that I tell about myself, which is that I am unworthy. Yeah. You know, and and I don't I oh my god. Uh, and on the on the flip side of that, I then also rob myself and other people the opportunity to hold space for me. Yeah. You know, I, I robbed myself of the oppor- yeah. opportunity of connecting with another individual in a way that is deep and honest and authentic and mm-hmm. vulnerable and, um, connective. Yeah. And that's, that's living in the unknown that's living like mm-hmm. outside one's comfort zone. And, and if they are true friends and this is again, like you have to be willing to take the risk in order to have the fucking experience. Right. Like I, m- one of my best friends in the world, her name is Kristen. And like, I love her so fucking much. She's like so awesome and amazing and beautiful and wonderful. Um, And she holds space for me with such love. And so those moments, and I have it, I have it too, like in my relationship in moments though, it's, there are tiny, tiny little blips because what the real feeling is there's a humility in love. Mm-hmm there's a there's a real humility and and where where I finally feel like I get to put my bags down after being a world weary traveler
2: mm.
0: and I just get to sit, yeah, and I get to be seen and I get to be held and 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 there's no desire there. My friends have no desire to fix me mm-hmm. because they don't see me as broken. Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. no desire to, um, do anything other than love me and hold space. Mm-hmm. And, and the loving act is just in a, letting me be, Yeah, like letting me be, letting me cry, letting me be messy, mm-hmm. letting me be angry um, letting me be witnessed. Yeah. You know, and 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 that that takes risk. Yeah. That takes courage. Yeah. You know. Um <clears throat> and and on top of that, more importantly, is that those friendships are rare. Yeah. Everybody else is an acquaintance. Right. Like everyone else is an acquaintance and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I feel beyond fucking blessed that I'm able to say that I have like, I'm able to like call on five people. Yeah. That, that I get to have that experience with to varying degrees. And with that too, like getting to respect their journey and where they are. Yeah. And, and there are many different ways to hold space for a person. Mm-hmm. Where it's, if I don't talk to a friend of mine for a year, they don't respond, you know, initially, or if we lose touch, whatever it is, I'm not taking it personally. Right. And I'm not saying, well, fuck them, or bah, 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 or oh my God, what did I do, blah, 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 and I'm right. obsessing. saying I'm making it all about me. Right. It really is, my window and door always open. Yeah. And this is... We get to come and go as we please mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we know that the space is love. Yeah, And that's all. And true love is unconditional. Yeah. True love is without condition. There is no condition a friend of mine needs to meet. I mean, you know what I mean? That is. Yes,
1: I know exactly what you mean. I'm sitting here wondering what I I'm thinking about my own self and like how if I'm very honest with myself I have been like conditionally loving some of my friends like
0: it's been a bartership
1: yeah and like especially Courtney I think like I think I think there are things like okay so if we say real love is unconditional I love you without question without you don't have to do anything for me be anything for me act in any certain kinds of ways
0: and in addition i love you whether or not you accept my love right those things are whether or not huge. you receive it that's yes. like that's like the
1: way that's the way manjo loved me like mm. i don't care i don't you know i mean that dog would have loved me if i didn't feed him you know yeah. not that i would ever do that but like he would yes. he would absolutely be like oh I guess we're starving to death together cool all right do you want to do it on the couch or but I think like if I'm really honest with myself I think about Courtney and I think like for example I can use the example of time and be and and say like I Stephanie am very busy I have especially when I'm shooting all this stuff going on a crap load of other stuff besides the show that I have to take care of. I'm like trying to take care of myself in the meantime. And then here comes my friend who I've committed to doing this project with saying, I need some of your time for this project. And for me, I turn around and I say, the conditions on our friendship, the condition of me being happy with you rested on whether or not you understood my time schedule and how busy I am. And because it doesn't look like you understand that, I'm going to kind of be mad at you about that, Mm. you know, and, and not be really honest about it either, you know, and sort of say, okay, I'm going to turn it around on myself and say, Stephanie, you should be able to juggle this. You're the one that said that you wanted to do all this stuff in the first place. What are you going to do if you ever become like a big movie star? You're going to have a bunch more shit to juggle. So like if you can't handle this, you're fucked for the future. What are you doing? You know, versus just saying to my friend like, I think I'm kind of resentful about time right now and I don't have a lot of it. And when you texted me that you needed me, I got mad at you. Sorry about that. It's not your fault that I don't have a lot of time. For example, you know, what's
0: the, but what's the bigger thing underneath?
1: I mean, the bigger thing underneath is, I don't know. There's a lot of other things underneath. There's. I mean, I'm trying to sort of think about. Is it related to, is it related to self-worth in some kind of way? Is it related to like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the bigger thing underneath is.
0: The idea... Why did you say yes to doing the podcast?
1: Because I wanted to spend time with her. Mm. And I wanted to...
0: And did you feel that you needed to do something... Did you feel that you needed to do something productive, i.e. create something like a podcast, in order to justify spending time with a friend that's interesting that's a really interesting
1: question because at the time i was in a relationship with someone who was very um i don't know another greedy i want to say like greedy for my time because he could feel me pulling away from the relationship he would get very um Jealous about me spending time with friends or outside activities or hobbies or whatever And he would ask why we didn't have time to spend together and The reality is we didn't have time to spend together because I wasn't making time for him because I wasn't really enjoying spending time with him and so I was filling my schedule not only because I wanted to fill it but because I was avoiding looking at The disaster that my relationship had become. So yeah, in a way it was like, well, now I belong to this club almost. Like I have this club meeting for my club of podcasts that I have to go to. So now I get to spend this amount of time with this person. I do remember saying to her in the beginning, because this was, she, Courtney came up with the idea of the podcast and like she asked me to do it. And it was like shortly after my ex and I had had this very big fight about, whether or not I had enough time in my schedule to spend with him. And I remember saying to Courtney, I was like, I can only do this if it doesn't affect my relationship in any kind of like gnarly way because he's already so jealous and greedy about time with me. And she was like, it's not gonna, you know, it's not, it won't. And it didn't. It didn't at all. Side note, I remember saying to my other friend one of my other friends, I was talking to her about my ex. I was like, I don't know, he wants like he wants like two solid hours every week where we just like hang out. And I don't know, I don't have like time for that. And my friend was like, Stephanie. It was my friend Shauna. She was like, Stephanie, you don't have two hours to hang out with your boyfriend. I was like, I don't know. I got like I'm not on where I'm gonna like squeeze it in. She was like, I don't think you wanna squeeze it in. Yeah. I don't think you want to hang out with him for two hours yeah. and i was like oh, i don't think i do you know yeah. these are the kinds of things that like you don't see when you're in the middle of but i clearly didn't want to hang out with him if i was if i couldn't find two hours in my week like two hours that i could just chill with yeah. him that's big because all i want to do now is like hang out with the person that i'm dating now yeah. like i want to just like Hang out with Do them you all a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. fucking Anyway,
1: this is very interesting.
0: No, it's it's um when we and again it's not it's not like quote unquote good or bad, it mm-hmm. just is, right? And it's the it's the process of awakening, it's the process of of um yeah, waking up to your own bullshit, you know. And yeah, with, and with that too, though the um, waking up to the limitation, mm-hmm. right? It's like coming out of that deep sleep, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: it it it's not. I I would use everything and anything that I could as like a weapon against self, mm-hmm. you know. To, as I say, I would gather evidence. I would gather evidence to support the case that I was a big piece of shit. Oh my God. and that I was unworthy. totally And X, y, and Z, and I would unconsciously put myself into situations and I would lie all the time, not only to others, but to self. And by lie, I mean omission. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say how I felt. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be honest because and this isn't um and this just is what it is you know what I mean yeah. and and as like a 34 year old woman I now get to take responsibility right for it and I also get to see how my past has informed my present which then informs my future yeah right so I I I Was raised in a household where I equate it to just emotional landmines. Mm -hmm. And I never knew what was going to happen if I said the wrong thing, what might set an emotional landmine off. Yeah. And that idea of there was this lovely little game my mother used to play with me, which was called Do You Know Why I'm Upset? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And. uh, Mm. I would I would panic and, and go, well, what did I do? What did, what I, do? I, what did I, I, do? I do? What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? And sometimes I just didn't know. I just didn't know and I would just sit there and be like, mm-hmm. oh my God, what, like what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, And I would sometimes get like ignored for hours or days mm-hmm. or Oh my God, your mother else? and my
1: mother had similar te- techniques. Oh my God, they should get together for coffee.
0: Yeah. Um, anyways, So I learned as, as a means of, um, self-preservation, as a, as a means of survival, as a means of safety to keep my feelings to myself, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because it was about not rocking the boat, not upsetting others. Mm -hmm. You know, if it was, if I was upset, if, if I was crying, if, you know, um, I remember having, we had. And I'm like writing about this in my book. That there was this. I we had foster kids coming in out of coming in and out of my house growing up until I was around 11, and the first two foster kids that we had stayed for about three years, mm. and one day they were just gone. They just left. Oh my gosh! And I remember I started to cry. And I was told like stop don't it's okay. Don't don't cry. Ba ba yeah. ba ba ba. Um and or like you're it it was either that my emotions were upsetting her mm-hmm. and I learned that her emotions were more important than mine. Mm-hmm. So, I had to manage my emotions in order to make sure that peace was kept mm-hmm. because when she got upset, then all hell broke loose, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there was that feeling of guilt and that feeling of shame, like just by my being, I am causing upset in another human being, yeah, you know um and and there's like a lot of other fucking shit that that went on, but so there was a subconscious identifier of, oh, my feelings, unless they're happy and joyous and papa, mm-hmm. my feelings of sadness, my feelings of anger, my feelings of rage and un- uncomfortability, whatever it is, needs to be contained. Because if I make you feel uncomfortable, yeah. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah. And, um, and i need to make sure that everything is okay it's kind of like you're continually looking over your shoulder to just like make sure mm-hmm. like make sure mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. everything is fine yeah um and then i i it really has been like pretty recently you know that um I've been completely authentic in regards to my emotions and allowing myself to have them. I remember like I went through a period of in my twenties um, where I didn't cry for like a good three or four years. I like didn't know how to, I was so like spiritually and emotionally constipated, you know? Um, Cause I was terrified of what would happen if I let myself feel mm. You know, and now... Did you
1: know that at the time or, did, or was it just like,
0: I don't know, I just can't uh, cry lately? I just, I knew that there was, because I feel like we all have an inner knowing. Yeah. We all have a knowing. We just don't want to recognize right. it. Um, because it was what, what will happen, what will happen. Because mm-hmm. I've already had the past experience of what happens when I show this feeling. hmm um and so you're you're still chained to your past you know and I couldn't differentiate on a subconscious level that what happened then wasn't going to be happening that day yeah as an adult yeah um but when like you do have experiences of trauma mm. um it's it's hard to like the past is always in your present Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and
1: my therapist calls it an unconscious tape mm. that's like continually playing in the background that you can't even really hear anymore but there's just repeating a truth some quote-unquote truth that you recognize as a truth in childhood or something yes absolutely yeah and that you're sure that if if it's it's so unconscious that you don't even know that it's like molding your behavior and molding your choices because you don't, you haven't recognized or understood that it's there.
0: Yeah, and then you just, you get to do the work, yeah. you know, and I've gotten to do a lot of fucking work. Mm-hmm. And I'm so fucking grateful and I really do believe slash know with a capital K that I wouldn't have the life that I have now. I wouldn't be present for the experiences Mm. of love, of joy, of pain, of grief, of all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, If I didn't go through every single thing that I went through. Where it's, I really did need to experience one in order to then experience the other. Yeah. So then I could be in conscious choice. And I occasionally slip. Mm -hmm. I occasionally slip and I occasionally falter. And I occasionally have like the tape come up, especially when it is, is dealing with and starting to deal with. I, it's like spiritual surgery, right? Where it's sometimes it's easier to deal with a bullet hole that, that goes clean through, mm-hmm. right? Because boom in, out done. Yeah. Um, but when you're dealing with emotional shrapnel,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's um, and as you as I have continued to grow and change and shift and, and be truly in my authentic self. And voice and being. I'm becoming a fuck ton more aware of those tiny little shards mm-hmm. that I was that are hitting the, the emotional, spiritual nerves mm-hmm. um, that I was previously numb to before. Yeah. And so that's the. I'm awake in every single sense of the word. Right. Yeah. Um, But with that too, it's, it's the knowing that like the pain is serving its purpose in regards to making me aware that something is calling out to be healed.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: If that makes Mm -hmm.
1: sense. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah. The pain is serving its purpose because something is calling out to be healed. Yeah. I mean, I try to think of that. I, th- I think especially like, especially in like a sort of, I'm, this happened to me last year, right around my birthday. And it happened to me again this year, which is like, things are going pretty well. And then I'll have like a month or so where it feels like, like a dark month, you know? And I can't sort of seem like things. Maybe you have been like sliding down that way for a while and I've kind of felt it, but I've, Hold myself out of it every time and then something happens or like, or things slow down or what, for whatever reason I'll have like a very dark month. And I think, I don't know. I don't know how to get it out of it any faster. I wish I did, but I will say that coming out of it, like coming out of the the other side of it, When I hear things like that, it makes me go, it makes me think, right, okay. Like that wasn't, that wasn't for nothing. You didn't fail. You weren't, it's not like, okay, let's pretend it didn't happen. It is for a reason. There's, it's, there's a reason that that happened, you know, and there's probably quite a few. And so, sort of sifting through the rubble of the thing is in a way the best part of it I guess I mean it doesn't feel good it does like like having a dark month doesn't feel good it feels like shit it feels awful you feel I didn't feel suicidal but I certainly felt like I don't want to leave I don't want anyone to see me I want to isolate completely I don't want to You know, I want to pretend like, oh, I just spilled water on your carpet. It's okay. I just want to pretend like this isn't happening, you know? Yeah. And so, but to hear something like that is is such a good, it's it's like, it's like hearing a beautiful piece of music or something where you're like, oh, right. There's a purpose to this, this part of my life that I want to pretend isn't happening or want to pretend... I'm not engaging in or or want to believe that like it's just this thing and it's going to happen and then it'll be over and I'll just like push it under the rug and it'll be fine. Everything will be fine, which is like you could you could do it that way or you could look at the thing and go, OK, what is this and why and like not not how can I avoid this from ever happening again? But how can I figure out what I actually need or want that's going to make this dark month less of a less of a an attraction?
0: And with that too, though it's you know. My quote unquote dark nights of the soul mm-hmm. have actually ended up being my greatest teachers. Yeah. So for me, it's always, what is this here to teach me? Right. What am, what am I here to learn in this moment? Yeah. And it's whether it's self-compassion, mm-hmm. whether it is learning to not judge my feelings mm-hmm. and to not should all over myself. <laughs> You know, I should be feeling this, I should be feeling that. Says, oh, hmm. I should all over myself again. Yeah, I should all over myself all the time because I have this idea of who I think of who I think I should be. And how it's all supposed to go. Yes, and that if I'm not being this idea of who I think I should be. Then it's going terribly, obviously. Yeah, and then and then it comes back to well. Whose script is that anyway? Right. Like whose casting description is that? Right. Like the character description most certainly does not reflect where I am in my current state. Right. And it was written by somebody else. Yeah. You know, and because I spent my whole entire life going along to get along Mm -hmm. and I will be whoever you need me to be in order for me to be safe and just get by and live Mm -hmm. another day.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, the idea of... I think that this is like the micro of a macro, especially in regards to women. Yeah. Um, And it, and I've brought it up before in the podcast and I am going to bring it up again because it is something that really fucking makes me rageful and angry. Um, Is that especially young girls, Mm. I remember That uh, a family member of mine would grip me in these bear hugs. And I hated it. I hated it so fucking much. Yeah. It made me feel so uncomfortable. I didn't like it. And I remember two specific incidents In which I struggled to get loose. And they got upset. And my mother got upset. Because I had caused them to get upset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. was essentially, what's wrong with you? Why can't you just accept this hug? Mm -hmm. And that made me feel shame. And it made me feel guilt then. Because it's like, well... What is wrong with me? Maybe like I can't accept love. Maybe I can't accept this. Maybe I can't accept that. And, and yeah, well, it just, I didn't know how to verbalize and vocalize that it just made me feel uncomfortable. And on top of that, the idea that I would have to justify the fact that I just did not want my being or body touched in that way, yeah. held in that way, yeah. that I was taught in that moment, unequivocally, that another person's feelings are more important than my comfortability mm-hmm. and my body and mm-hmm. my autonomy. Um, and and that deals with like a fuck ton of other shit that we're not going to get into now because it, to to that point, it's when we tell children to go hug the grandparent, hug the aunt, hug the friend, hug the, this, and we, um, teach them again, that their, their bodies and their feelings and their comfortability are less important than someone else's. It, um, creates this perverse, you know, um, attitude and, and behavior that then when it comes to being an adult and either that's not how you feel or no, you're not like this. Mm -hmm. You know what? I see you as a comedic actor. I don't see you as Mm -hmm. a dramatic actor. Mm -hmm. Well, Oh, okay. It's, um, you're there to serve others. Right. And that's it. There's like right. no two fucking ways about it. Right. Um, and I had the experience like the other week and it made me think of, of money when I was walking down the street and somebody had asked me for a cigarette and I said, no, mm-hmm. and after I said no, and this actually wasn't a couple of weeks ago, I'm lying. This is probably like two months ago, two and a half months ago. And, I remember after I'd said, no, I felt so guilty. I felt so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was like, well, I, I had it. So like I should have given it. Right. Mm. Um, and that idea of if you then just equate that to just like a woman being a woman, Oh with my her God, body and everything Ugh. where I don't really want to, but oh they've, I, I should God. just give it. You're talking about like basically every teenage girl's first sexual experience ever. And, and that goes to, it goes to everything. Yeah. It's everything It goes to everything where it's, we're not, our autonomy is stripped away from us almost at birth. Yeah. Our sense of self and who we are. And I really hope, you know, I, I don't have children. I don't plan on having children. I love children. Um, but I also love them enough to know that I should not have them. Mm. Um, but I, I would hope that today in 2017, that parents, especially mothers are raising their daughters, that if they don't want to hug someone or kiss someone, they don't have to.
1: I know. I see it. I see it a lot. I see it with my family sometimes. And I almost, sometimes I almost want to speak up and say things like. You don't have to if you don't want to. Why don't you? You know, do that? I mean, I think again, it comes back to the it's, it comes back to the exact same thing, which is like, how am I going to make? What if I make them upset? What if I make their parents upset? What if
0: I, you know, uh,
1: what if my behavior causes someone else to be upset, and then it's my fault?
0: I don't give a fuck anymore. I, just I know. Don't. Because because what happens then if they get upset?
2: Well, and
1: and. And also like, even if they do, you've already because that example that you gave me about hugging a family member. Yeah. You can remember it two times it happening, right?
0: I no, I remember happen I remember You remember it happening quite a few I, times. I remember it happening quite a few times, but I remember the two instances where you were like, No, I, I don't want this I quote unquote fought back right even a little bit and the, I I got in so much trouble. And so I learned to not fight back
1: right so that so that was there that wasn't a that wasn't a necessarily repeated th- i mean that that happened twice that you that i th- that you remember
0: that yeah. y-
1: I can remember instances it was like one instance where my mother said something, and it's like burned into my mm-hmm. mental mm-hmm. landscape mm-hmm. forever, mm-hmm. you know so Then when I think about this thing of like, oh, well, what if I did say, you know, like I'm going to see my family today for Easter and I bet you anything, one of my cousins is going to tell her little daughters to come and give us a kiss and to kiss my boyfriend who's coming with. And like, I should definitely speak up and say like, only if you want to though, you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do ever, you know, even if it does make them uncomfortably uncomfortable because what if she remembers that? You yes. know, and the, what if that's the thing that sticks in her head? And what if it starts making her say to herself, yeah, I don't want to. And I, yes. and I'm allowed to say that. And yes. what if that affects her behavior or her sexual life? Like somewhere down the line, that would be really amazing. It's the same. Like it's the same when I hear. And again, it's like mostly – because I don't have a lot of friends with kids that are older yet. I have friends that have just had babies, so I'm entering into the phase of like they're going to be toddlers soon and stuff. But it makes me crazy when I'm sitting at lunch or something with someone and their daughters and they start talking about the diet that they're on or like how they can't have this or they, they don't want this. or Because I'm sitting there with an 8-year-old and a 12-year-old thinking – that's your mom and she's at lunch with me and she's talking about this shit. Like, I can't even imagine what it's like at your house.
2: Oh, man. You know, and all
1: of the stuff that she's setting you up for without knowing it probably because if you said to a mom, do you want to give your kid an eating disorder? They're not going to say yes, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that, and again, it it all goes back to, um, I sometimes like to think of the... Multiverse that we live in, but like the planet that we live on, Earth—that's where we are, people. <laughs> um, as almost like a, a computer program, mm. you know, where where there's so much code that's written, like so much fucking data that um, we forget we're in the illusion, and mm-hmm. that's part of the reason that I fucking love the Matrix and I fucking love Harry Potter. Yeah. You know, where it's like you wake up to the illusion. It's like what Jesus talked about, right? Where it's like I'm um I'm I'm in the world but not of it, right? Where it's I'm able to see the truth as the truth, which means that like I'm able to manipulate matter, you know, like when they talk about like what's the matter? Like we're creating shit all the time. Yeah. You know, so So when we wake up, when I, waking up to, oh, whose truth am I living? And if I'm coming from a place of love, and I don't mean passivity, if I'm coming from a place of truth Mm -hmm. and honesty and authenticity and power and pleasure and setting those clear boundaries, because um, I'm in alignment with my worth mm-hmm. and who I am. Mm-hmm. It's not my business how well the message is received. Mm. because I know where it's coming from within me, again, if I am in my honesty and if I yeah. am in my in my authentic self. That it's not about putting someone else down and it's not about making someone else feel bad. Mm-hmm. However, I am not responsible for that person's feelings. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not. And most times when individuals end up becoming uncomfortable, it's because a truth has been struck within them. Mm hmm. That they are unwilling to see or look at or deal with. Oh, that's interesting. You know, it's, it's, I feel like we're all wounded healers walking around, like, opening up each other's wounds. So we have the opportunity to fucking heal. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what I'm all about. Like, for me, it's like, fuck, man. Like. I really just made a commitment to life this past year, mm. where I was just all right, I'm here, yeah, you know, suicide was always an option for me. It was mm-hmm. always, and I know I've said this before in the podcast, guys, but like these are the discussions that we have um it, it really was it was just, um, yep, yeah, well, if it gets really bad yeah i can I can check out, right. So I already had one foot out the door. Right. So making the commitment to stay. Be in this life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember I had a fucking major argument with the universe. After I made the commitment. I was like, listen, you motherfucker. (laughs) You better make this fucking worth it. Yeah. That if I'm fucking taking the goddamn risk to stay here Mm -hmm. and really commit. And you know that when I commit, I fucking commit like I'm making the commitment to stay here. You better make it fucking worth it. Yeah. Cause I'm willing to like put in the effort. Are you
1: what happened?
0: <sighs> mm. It's like, I just close my eyes. I close my eyes guys. Sometimes when I'm, Speaking and I need to take a moment to get clear. And I just saw an image of a butterfly. Um, like that's really it. It's like the. the I've like emerged from my cocoon. Ugh. I've like emerged from the cocoon. And it's. You know, you don't know as a caterpillar that you're going to become a butterfly. Maybe yeah. you have like an inkling. Right. You, you know, sort of feel you, some instinctual Yeah, but you something. don't know. And then what is a cocoon? Like in one regard, it's really safe. It's really nice. It's really warm. It's really cozy. It's like being in a womb, right? Right. But then it becomes constricting and restricting. And you're like, ooh, something's happening that I've got to, ooh, I'm growing and I don't like it. Yeah. Ooh, it feels so uncomfortable. Yes. You know, um... And then before you know it, you're like, "Holy shit! I had no idea." Yeah. Oh my god, this is amazing! It's like you don't know until you know. Um, and i I was willing to, I was willing to take that risk because, like, I I I had a knowing. Mm -hmm. Like I had a knowing I was, I was willing to take that risk. I was willing to take that jump because I had already. I know that like. If I died tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I'd be all right. Mm -hmm. I know that if I, um, I don't need anything anymore, quote unquote, in regards to be taken care of because I already know that I am. That's amazing. And with that too, it's the, um, it's now getting to like be an adult in the sense of I'm getting, it's like the universe has become my lover. Mm-hmm. Like my lover and my teacher mm-hmm. as opposed to a stern parent, mm-hmm, 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 you know? Mm-hmm, so it's like, mm-hmm, and like with that too, it's, and it's more like a, Like I'm really just getting to like live a life that truly turns me on, and mm-hmm. in moments that's terrifying to me, yeah, and I reject it, yeah, because I'm like, oh, this is too much, yeah, this is too much of feeling good, and what that <laughs> what I get to see with that is that it just is like more emotional shrapnel, more spiritual shrapnel, mm-hmm. more of the like Catholicism, more of like the you know like fucking like old. Wounds and trauma and Bapa that like needs to be fucking healed, yeah. You know, and then I get to delve deeper into pleasure, Mm -hmm. and then I get to delve deeper into power, Mm -hmm. and there's there's nothing sexier than a woman that knows her power. Yeah. Her pleasure and um and and just is, there's no apology. yeah, there's no shame, yeah, free yeah like Eve, really Eve in the fucking garden, and I just I just read um the like opening of the Bible, mm. Genesis. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why? Because God is like, listen, Adam, like, you need a mate, so I'm going to make Eve out of you. Right. Right? Um, and he told Adam, like, Adam, you need to tell Eve. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. You can do, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge. And so what, so what I thought was... So you're, you're literally putting, you're putting the subtext in the beginning that God clearly doesn't trust his creation Mm -hmm. and is automatically testing them. Right. Like that's a sick motherfucker. Yeah. Right there. Just going to put it
1: right in the middle of, in the middle of your paradise. Yeah. This thing that you're not supposed to have.
0: That, and also like with that too, it's the, it it drives home the idea, even if it's subconscious that to be in your knowing is bad. Oh my God. I used to,
1: that it used to make me insane that story because I remember being a child and thinking, okay, first of all, this doesn't seem right that God made Adam, but then he didn't make Eve. Also, he just like took part. So are we less like, I remember having these thoughts Mm. as a kid, Thinking, like, that seems strange that we would be getting told a story in that half of the gender in this room is, like, feeling like, so I'm not an original. I'm a, I'm a chunk grown off of the original. Yes. I remember thinking that as a kid. Yeah. And then I also remember thinking, this is so, not in these words, but this is so fucked up that... They're not supposed to know. Like it's literally called the tree of knowledge. I would be yeah. eating that thing all day. Yes. Every day. Absolutely. Everything on it. I'd be like pulling the leaves off, breaking off stems, yes. and like burning them and sniffing yes. up the fire.
0: Like what? Yeah. It's the tree of knowledge. Like I know. And with that too, it's that they talk about knowledge as power. Yeah. Right? Um and it's they say ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I really do like. I I know I brought up Jesus like three times today. Maybe it's because oh, I think it's, it's so interesting to Easter talk about Sunday. It. Yeah, probably. Um, that idea of like, don't ye know that ye are gods? That these and even greater works shall you do? You know, and um, I'm not. I'm not religious. I'm very spiritual. You know, whether it's the Bible or the Quran or um, you know, fucking like Buddhist texts, you know, like whatever the fuck. Like I I just love knowing. Mm -hmm. I love knowledge in that way. Um, But really it's the, what better way to quote unquote keep people in line than to keep them in fear. Oh yeah. And, um, and rob them of their power.
1: Yeah. I mean, you think about, okay, what you said was what better way to keep people in line mm-hmm. and rob them of their power
2: mm-hmm.
1: than fear. Mm-hmm. Fear of not of the knowledge, like something
0: bad is going to happen to you. And that you need to meet all these conditions because it goes to, I mean, it's Jesus fucking Christ. You know, it's like the Bible stories like are, are um updated editions of, of stories that have been being told for centuries mm-hmm. going back to fucking like, like Horace and mm-hmm. Egyptian um like allegories. It's 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 the same. It's, yeah. it's all the same. And, and I don't think that there's anything wrong that like people believe what they believe. Like that is totally that's great. Yeah. That's great, um, and with that too, though it's it's it all leads back to the same thing, which is love. Yeah, you know, like energy doesn't die; it merely changes form. Like, yeah, I think that, like, it's and then on top of that, for fuck's sake,s like Constantine with the like edits of the Bible and ba 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 ba, and like taking away like the Mary Magdalene's text, taking away like the gospel of thomas um taking away um mary's
1: text. yeah what better way to what better way to to continue to make women feel less than and invaluable than to not give them representation in one of the you know one of the most widely read texts ever yeah. Yeah, and you know? like the
0: truth that like Mary Magdalene, you know, was jesus's wife,
2: yeah,
1: you and know? probably 13th, an apostle in her
0: the thirteenth disciple yeah, a disciple,
1: you um, know, in her own right, but let's instead and I mean, unfortunately, our own media has like re, re- reaffirmed re what do you call it when you like shore something up like you? St- like um, support that idea. Yes. Like, there's not really. I don't think there's any mention in the Bible of her being any kind of prostitute. Is there?
0: I'm sure that people. Are it depends on them, which like, edition. Right in, yeah, like, I'm sure the they edition, will. And they in this edition But like the prostitute with like the ba ba ba. You know. But he appeared to the two Marys first. Is all I'm saying.
1: I, Yeah. I. I mean. I think like. I agree that I, I have lots of friends that are deeply religious, and I th- I think that it gives them a sense of purpose, value, worth. It it's so it can be so beautiful and so such an amazing power.
0: But with that too, though, is it is it giving them a sense of safety in the sense of totally? Well, I know, and ba ba ba, as a no, no matter to, what, I'm going to be okay. Um, but like with that to the idea of questioning because I remember being taught and I'd mentioned this a few weeks ago where CCD, like I grew up Roman Catholic Mm -hmm. and I remember getting kicked out of class all the time. Oh, I got kicked
1: out of Sunday school so many times. Ask questions. Ask the wrong questions. And excuse me. So does that mean if no one's heard of our Lord Jesus, Jesus savior, that means that they'll automatically just, go to hell because yes. they haven't heard of, yes, heard of him. Yes. Well, that's why it's your responsibility to spread them out. But okay. But what if, and I would have these like arguments. Mm-hmm. Oh, and in, in, I guess it was beginning of high school, probably ninth grade or something like that. I just could not wrap my brain around the idea that gay people were just automatically going to hell. I couldn't wrap my brain around it. I was like, it doesn't make any sense. Because if God created all of us perfect, and these people were born gay, there's a what? <laughs> Please help me figure out. There's a disconnect there. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, kicked no, right not, out. Yeah, but then when but the but the argument then is is that we're not born perfect. Oh, right. We're born. Then it's like imperfect, imperfect. And that's because of Eve. Right. Eve. Yeah, where it's like, that is the longest standing resentment I've, like, ever heard in my life. Yeah. Like, a resentment the stupidest that's thing still ever. going strong. And then, it was so interesting. I had a dream the other, the other night, uh, and in the dream, I was with, I was with, like, what seemed like a group of, like, sorority girls or something. And someone started singing All Holy Night. Hmm. And... I was thinking to myself, okay, who's going to take the harmony?
2: <laughs>
0: um, and then I, and then someone took the harmony and then I took like the harmony's harmony. And I remember waking up being like, I need to read the the lyrics to Oh Holy Night. And then I read the lyrics and I'm actually going to like pull them up right now. Oh Holy Night, because the stars I, are sh- brightly shining. Yeah, but the original. Oh, there's um, an original? Yeah, because it was written by a Frenchman. Oh, it was was in French? Um, Yeah, it was originally a poem that was written, um, and then they, they put it to music. So, and I thought it was just, yeah, it was written by Placide Capot. I think I'm saying that right. Um, it was composed by Adolphe Adam in 1847. Wow. Isn't that so interesting, you guys? So this was the literal English translation. Midnight, Christians, is the solemn hour when God as man descended upon us to erase the stain of original sin and to end the wrath of his father. The entire world thrills with hope On this night, that gives it a savior. People kneel down, await your deliverance. Christmas, Christmas, here is the Redeemer. Christmas, Christmas, here is the Redeemer. May the ardent light of our faith guide us all to the cradle of the infant. As in ancient times, a brilliant star guided the the Oriental kings there. Um, And it's, but the thing that I thought was so funny was that... um, was that what's the line of um when god as man descended unto us to erase the stain of original sin and to end the wrath of his father of his father yeah where it's like no wonder everybody loves jesus they're <laughs> like oh my gosh dude you have no idea Before Thank you, you so much for got, coming before you got here it was hella crazy Like, it was crazy, and your pops was, like, doing all sorts of nonsense. Being a real dick. But then you came. Thanks so much, Jesus. Like, thank you so much for putting a chill on the plagues (laughs) and for feeding us. Oh, my God. You, like, just organized this, like, fucking lunch on the hilltop.
1: I think that that's – I do think that that's the feeling that some people have with religion. It's, like, this, like, feeling of, like – Oh, thank God you're here. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much for coming. Oh, thank you. Because life is hard, crap, whatever. I mean, in a way, I think it's like... For someone like my mom, who is... My parents are both immigrants to the U.S. And they were both raised Catholic. And there's no when I started going to therapy, my mom was like, why are you doing that? You know, you're not crazy. She was very embarrassed and like very kind of angry about it. But I think for her, church is like therapy in a weird way. Yeah, And I think I'm going to say something else really weird, but I think in a weird way it's worked for her. I don't know if it works for everyone, but I do think for my mom, there was a, uh a long period i think it could have been faster maybe with therapy but like a long period of like self-examination through the stories in that bible and the and the stories that were sort of i don't know what's the word i mean it's not unlike shakespeare right like all of those stories were around before him yeah it's just the way that he wrote them somehow spoke to us yeah that you know And it, and, and they don't, it doesn't always speak to you. Meaning that like you could see a really bad production of Shakespeare and just be off of it forever. Yeah. You could read it and not really know what you're reading and things just fly over your head. It takes like digging and it takes like, what does that word mean? And digging and digging and looking and looking. Yes. And I think in the same way, the stories in the Bible can be that for people. They can dig and dig and look and look. And then through that, they can examine their own selves and sort of be, because my mother and I, like my mom, it was very, we had a very a tumultuous, a tum, I had a tumultuous childhood and adolescence. And I think there was definitely a point where I was like, I don't think I want her to know me very well. Mm. You know, I don't want, I don't want to let her in that way because she's caused me so much pain. But really in the last, I would say like, 10 years, she's just, it's like being around another person. Mm. It's, it is like, it is like meeting someone new when I meet my mom now. I mean, if I come to it with trying to let go of that baggage and stuff and letting Mm -hmm. go of, which is very hard to do, very hard to do, especially if you were the child and there was an adult there Mm -hmm. because as an adult now, you look at that behavior and go, you were the adult. mom you were the one that should have been responsible for yourself and me yes because i didn't i'm learning everything i'm learning everything from your behavior and modeling like so this is how we do things this is how i act this is how i should act this is who i'm going to become based on the rules and parameters you're setting out for me and to be an adult and look back at someone's rules and parameters and go, you were a fucking mess. You were out to fucking lunch. You were, you know, whatever list of terrible things. It's really hard. It's really hard. And and like, I don't, I don't begrudge some of my friends for distancing themselves from their families or cutting off ties completely because like, I understand. Like, sometimes that's necessary. It's, Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's like, there's not room for any growth, you know, because it has to be both parties coming together. And I really feel like my mom has done an incredible job of that in the, like, especially in the last 10 years of like coming to a place of seeing herself in a completely different way.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Not unlike therapy. Like I, I sometimes feel like my mom has gone to therapy, but it's just been church for a long time. And it's, she's been lucky that she's had like, good spiritual teachers at that church, you know, and she's done her own work too, but it really is like, I remember my ex did have some really great points. And one of them was, he's was like, your mom's not who she was. Like you have to look at her as a new person. And that really made me start thinking that way. Because now if I introduced my, like if my mom was here, you would love her. She's adorable, really funny, charming, very sincere. And I wasn't able to see that, any of that stuff, especially the sincerity, because I was working off of a a memory of mm. what she was to me when I was younger, Yeah, you know, and that was just like a monster.
0: Yeah. You know what? And and with that too, I'll tell you what. That is fair. Yeah. And that is okay. Yeah. Right? Because just because someone changes yeah. and people do change, yes. it doesn't then negate the responsibility no in regards to how their behavior affected the life of another especially a child absolutely and i feel that especially in this country this quote unquote fucking christian country mm-hmm. fuck you very much yep is that idea of forgiveness and it is it is so saturated with Um, misinformation that I really did believe that forgiveness meant that whatever else someone did to me, like it was making it okay. Like what they did, what they did was okay. And then I had to get over it. Yes. And that my feelings then about it didn't matter because Forgiving someone is the right thing to do, mm-hmm. and it sets you free. Mm-hmm. And ba 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 ba, where it's like, you know what? Actually, I first need to be witnessed in the experience of my rage. Yeah. I need to actually be witnessed and have the experience of um having my feelings about it. Yeah, and. And I feel like a lot of people want to jump that step. Oh my God. Almost
1: everybody jumps that step. Almost everyone jumps that step because it's, it's, it's icky. It's like, and it's icky for other people who love you watching you go through it, which is like, it's it's icky to see you be so mad at your mom. It's so icky. It's so icky to see you be like, can't you just forgive her? Yeah, she because like really it's loves like you. they're
0: and and that's the thing. It's like they're uncomfortable. Yes. It's like can't you can't you make a decision about your life so I get to feel more comfortable? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because this is making me feel uncomfortable, and this is calling up for me consciously or subconsciously. That idea that there's some shit that I don't want to look at. Yeah. Or on the other hand, they're so out of their goddamn fucking minds. Yeah. That, um, they feel really comfortable on their spiritual hilltop being incredibly condescending, speaking about things that they know nothing about. Right. And To which I say, you know, thank you and fuck you. Yeah. Um, and... The, the individuals that I, I get the gift of having in my life get to act as mirrors Mm -hmm. and they get to act as mirrors in terms of reflecting the highest truths, not only about who they are, but also who I am. Yeah. And like those, those are the, those are the gems that I desire to fly with and align with,
2: Mm -hmm. you know,
0: and, um, And that I've never, I've never in, in my recent friendships and by recent, I mean the last few years, I've never once been made to feel shame for decisions that I've made. That's amazing. For me, I've been met with, I love you and I support you. Yeah. And I, I think that what you're doing is courageous. Yeah. And that is great. Yeah. And that, um... And that's it, like nothing more, nothing less. It really is just love, mm. like really love.
1: That's really incredible. Yeah, that's really incredible.
0: So I'm excited to talk with you in the future to find out how your friendships yeah. and relationships have
1: yeah. changed. I would love to continue this discussion.
0: That's um, good. Well, like, will you come back? I would love point? that. Oh I would my god, deeply love that. Okay. And with that, too, I ask that that you actually pause before you say that to see. I deeply
1: love that. I would love to come back and have another awesome heart opening
0: conversation. Just in terms of time and making time. Oh, yeah. And being open and all that good stuff. Um, Plus these wonderful pups. I know. And Tagalong has been, she's been so good. Really Um, good. All right, guys. Well, thank you again so much um, for listening. And my love, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having it's me. It's such an awesome convo. It was. Um,
2: And yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.